Welcome back. This is a Paranormal PD. We're a podcast that talks about the paranormal. Sometimes, on occasion. We don't always, yeah. but we like to. Something we, we like enjoy. To. We got Matt. Yep, that's me. We, we have Dallas. That's me. I'm Eric. We got Eric. Guys, it's paranormal this week. It's, it's paranormal. super paranormal this week. Why is that? Because it's wet and wild out here. It is absolutely absurd. We have a rainy winter storm coming. We do. The roads are flooded, so stay in the house and listen to a podcast or two. Mm-hmm. You don't got to go out. Actually, do we have any podcast recommendations? Ours. Ours. Paranormal PD. You can find us on everything. And you can give us a review and rating. You can find us on Twitter. You could. If you were to search the Paranormal PD. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram. If you were to search Paranormal underscore PD. You can watch our TikToks. At the Paranormal underscore PD. You can also email me and we can talk. I don't know if you want to do that, but if you <laughs> did want to do that for whatever reason, it's the paranormal police department at gmail.com. Yeah, then we can talk. You could also get yourself some nice soaps. You we could. do have a partnership with Quantum Soap Co. You could take an outside shower. You could. Paranormal PD 10 gets you 10% off your soap purchase. Highly recommend it. Yep, outside showers, great thing. Yes, you could, especially with this rain. Might be cold. Bring an extra towel. Anyways. Yeah. We got something interesting to talk about. We do. And we will be slotting that into our favorite segment. This week in the paranormal. Matt. Yeah. We've been working hard over here. We have. We've been making purchases with our hard earned money. And we got something very special planned for you guys. Do you want to introduce it or do you want Eric to introduce it? Eric, why don't you introduce this? This, was your, this. this is your brainchild. Oh, this was your plan here and it's a great plan. Well, after the episode of the Queen Mary, we decided to actually go to the Queen Mary. Hold on, you decided. Do, oh, I guess I decided. I'm dragging them along yes. and we're going to go to the Queen Mary, spend the night, do an investigation, see if we can't find us uh, some ghosts or we something. We bought a yep. bunch of ghost hunting shit. We bought a ton of ghost hunting <laughs> stuff. We bought the best stuff we could find. We spent a lot of money. Yeah. We've t- guys, we've talked about doing this since the beginning of the podcast. We attempted it a couple months ago, but we didn't have Eric there, so we couldn't really pull it off properly. Yeah. But we're going in now, the full Paranormal PD crew. We're going to bring Carl as well. Yeah. And oh, he's going to be our agent. videographer. There's going to be a video aspect of this finally. We've talked about it. We have all the gear. We just haven't been able to really fully put it into practice. I'll be so. honest. We can't, we can't video edit. No, not at all. But Carl can. But he can. Carl can. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to be posting a podcast episode from the Queen Mary. We're going to do a live episode. We're going to do a live episode, and that's going to get put on YouTube. And the live version should be able to be put on Spotify because it does support video now. And we might even go live on Instagram live. TikTok live. TikTok live. Whatever you guys want us to go live on yeah. while we're there and maybe answer some questions. Maybe go to some places in the ship yeah. that you guys want to see us go and to. And in the future, if you want us to go investigate anything, let us know by let us know. any of the social medias we previously mentioned. And we will go there. We have the equipment now. We're yes, ready. We we're are ready. certified ghost hunters. We have our license. Yep. We can go hunt. We can even go hunt Bigfoot for you if you want us to. We could go hunt the Enfield monster now if tell, we wanted to. We could tell us where to go and we will go and investigate. We will. And on top of that, guys, our social medias are linked in the episode below. You can easily just click on them and it'll take you straight to the website, straight to our page. You can hit the follow and you can hit the DM button and DM us. You can. 
Very easy these days. Any questions, people? Go ahead, ask now. No questions? No questions? Got it. Perfect. Let's move on. <laughs> so, the episode. Yes. This is a little different episode. And okay. I say that because it's structured differently. Okay. Now, nobody really knew about this crash. Mm-hmm. Crash. I'm giving it away here without giving too much away. You're, nobody, doing what you, you're giving them what they need to know and only that. Nobody really knew about this until recently. Ooh. So there's not like there's not a lot of stuff uh, like you don't have a, you don't have all these witnesses you don't have this but you have a lot of government documents. Oh yes, the people I trust the least, my favorite. So we'll start in June thirteenth, nineteen thirty three, in a little town called Magenta in Italy. In Italy, just outside of Milan. Okay, you've been there before, haven't you? No. Oh, okay. I just figured. No, 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 no. Now, what do we know about this day and this city? We don't know much. No, I don't know anything about the city. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's high tensions in Europe at this point in time, um, but I don't know much about the city. This city is very unknown. There's not much going on here. But what did happen? An alien UFO crashed here on this day. Of course it did. Now... This story was recently brought to light by a Italian UFOologist named Roberto Pinotti. Doing the Lord's work. And Thank he you, has Roberto. documents and proof that Benito Mussolini, the fascist dictator of Italy at the time, okay. got his hands on a flying saucer that crashed at Magenta on June 13th, 1933. And... I'll get into the, what he did with this UFO in a bit later. Okay. Um, but he has a lot. He has a lot of uh, proof. So his claims they might have gone kind of unnoticed recently. It was only recently he made, he started making these claims. Okay. Um, this story really kind of broke last year in 2023 and around June. Um, and it, obviously, what was going on then was a lot of the UAP chatter, kind of the. Yeah, the disclosure um, the stuff, disclosure the Senate hearings, or the Congress so, hearings. So he brought it up then, and it kind of went under the radar okay. because people didn't, they didn't have, compared to what everything else was being released, there's not a lot, like, not a lot, like, video evidence or yeah, I mean, clear data or anything like that. So it kind of went unnoticed until a certain U.S. intelligence officer, who we obviously talk about before, yes, David Grosh. Um, made claims that this was in fact true and yep. that the United States post-World War II recovered this flying saucer. Hmm. So that got everyone, kind of piqued everyone's interest. Like, well, well this is weird. I, I'll get more into that because yeah. I don't want to spoil what you are purposely hiding right now because I know where this I, is going. Yeah, I know a little bit about this. Well, I know a good amount about this case. So I'll let you continue, and then we'll kind of talk about what happened. Thank you. So Grosh kind of, he claimed that these, you know, similar, that the the spacecrafts were crashed in Northern Italy in 1933, and they were taken away by Benito Mussolini. Um, He said that they were non-human crafts um, that were kind of... Hmm. 
used to develop stuff. And I'm trying to I'm trying to be very I'll avoid say this. the topic because we're going to get to it in a minute. Of so the interesting thing, and and this is just taking a step back and looking at perspective, right? Is I feel like 1933, it was probably a lot easier to tell if something was n- like non-human intelligence, yeah, compared to now, because we've had these secret programs for so long, we haven't been knowing what's going on. We know that we're absolutely aware of that. We have we know we have technology that's not being released to the public, so. It's very feasible that a lot of these UAPs and UFOs are actually man-made. But back then, who would have even been advanced enough and had the technology to make something that would be so bizarre that it would be out of this world? They just weren't there yet. So you may be asking yourself, well, what does this UFOologist have? So one of the things he has was a handwritten memo on a uh, Italian agency, like, letterhead paper it's like official document paper does it say top secret it might it's all in italian okay and i can't read italian yeah problematic problematic um it was dated on august 22nd of 1936 and it includes a sketch and depiction of a cylindrical aircraft with portholes on the sides and red and white lights kind of in the sky and it was attached with a picture of lights in the sky and we actually have the picture here for us to look at we'll obviously post it for you guys but it's 19 keep in mind it's 1933 but it's very speckled but you can see something's there yeah it's it's weird i mean if it's attached to this document it kind of adds some credibility some credibility in my opinion yeah we do have the photo and we can post it too for you guys it's just hard to say and then i actually just see that eric if you go down to that picture on the right in the middle go up one right one that one click on that one that bottom right is the sketch that i have right here that i'm looking at so there's a bunch of words and stuff and the letterhead is on the right as you can see but there's some of the the sketches that were on this um this first document he has that's trippy looking so i mean from 1936 as well yeah i mean i don't know it's weird it's weird i I don't know it's before the whole ufo craze with all the and everyone knowing that it's a freaking like cylinder or saucer like people really you wouldn't have had that mindset yet because if someone would have told you a ship from space came and you're in 1930s I don't know what you would imagine, but I'm sure a flying saucer shape thing would be the last thing you'd think of. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know why you would assume that when we see planes and planes are built the way that they are, and that's their reference for how things fly. Yeah. So, two more documents that he has were um, both directly from. I'll, I'll quote it: the personal order of. I, I don't I don't want to butcher this too much, but basically Mussolini himself. Okay. Um, the first one demanded absolute silence over any alleged landing on national soil of unknown aircrafts. And a next one dated June 13th said threatened people with immediate arrest and maximum penalties for any journalist who reports of news of aircrafts, unknown nature and origin. Wow. <laughs> that, that's pretty that's pretty weird yeah, it's a way to shut everybody he has down. both of the documents here um 
yeah, it's that's the translation of them. <laughs> I have them here and we'll post them as well with a little brief uh, trans translation because obviously they're in Italian. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Is it possible that at this time, you know, kind of like Dallas was saying where, you know, these places, bless you. Thank you. Thank you know, you. these governments, they have uh, a lot of tech that like, you know, we'll never really be able to see, at least maybe not until like the later future, yeah. but who knows, maybe we've had that for 20, 30 years. Yeah. Is it possible at all that some of these other governments, like, cause I mean, I'm sure that's what they thought at the time. Like, Hey, we don't know what this is, but it might be our enemy. You that's know? exactly so that's what a lot of they wanted thought. To, right. Yeah, that's probably what they thought. And I, I will say this much for 1933. I don't think this was anything that they could imagine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but what you're saying is absolutely the national security issue now that we have is are these from somewhere else? We don't know. And that's the problem. Right. Especially one of the things that um, Joe Rogan recently had Eric Weinstein, I believe his name is on. And they were talking about the fact that some of these things could potentially be used as like nuclear missile delivery systems because they're so fast. Mm -hmm. How would we stop it? You you really couldn't. Yeah. So that's obviously the national security danger behind a lot of this. And I'm sure at that point they might have been thinking that, but who knows? Yeah. So more documents that Mr. Penoti has um, refers to a government department called, I'm going to guess it's pronounced Jabanetti RS-33, um, basically special research uh, cabinet 33 kind of thing is what it means. Mm-hmm. And this was supposedly set up by Mussolini himself. And they were in charge of retrieval and study of flying saucer wreckage. How many have to happen for you to have to start <laughs> something like that? <laughs> Think about it because that sounds like a total waste of government money unless they're, you're getting like several. You know he I mean? said the, and the person to put in charge of this program was the inventor of the radio, Guglielmo Macaroni. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> Macaroni. <laughs> Were you about to call him Macaroni? Mar- Marconi. Marconi. Okay, that's slightly closer. Right. Okay, this fool's about to call him Macaroni. <laughs> um, to this day, no UFO researchers or Italian historians can even find any evidence of this group existing. Hmm. I mean. Think about it. We wouldn't have known that OSAP existed. No. Or Arrow. There's only unless- there's only mention of these people, this group in other letters, but there's no evidence that they actually exist, which is interesting. This is probably like a, in US terms anyway, like a majestic level clearance where you were probably at the absolute highest end of top secret clearances where... It was such a small amount of people that yeah. actually did follow their clearances and nobody ever said anything about it, you know? Yeah. Now, what was interesting throughout the entire World War II, okay, this region avoided regular bombing for where this wreckage was supposedly stored, which was in uh, a place outside Magenta, which is in the Milan area. It was never bombed. It was never attacked. It was never destroyed. We knew about it, and we wanted it real bad. Huh. I'm not saying we did, but we we might have. bomb them. 
So, that's kind of the initial or what we know about this. Now, what a lot of people believe, and it's not disproven and it's not proven, is that obviously Germany and Italy were allied together in World War II. Yes. Uh, Hitler had a fascination for the occult and alien crafts and technology. Yeah. And it's believed that Nazi scientists were over in Italy studying, deconstructing these crafts and trying to recreate them. Um, I know Dallas has a lot, a lot of knowledge about this stuff. Yeah, I was going to say something about that, but I'll let you continue. Um, so to jump a little bit ahead to World War II, um, there was a lot of weird sightings and aerial phenomenons that were witnessed by Axis and Allied personnel at the same time, and they were nicknamed Foo Fighters. Yes. Um, essentially, they're UFOs. Yeah, or they lights. are pretty much straight up UFOs, yeah. Um, they were being seen a lot in battle and from both sides. So some of the theories were, oh, they're, they're Nazi UFOs that they've managed to reconstruct. Um, but more realistically, Allied intelligence officers kind of suspected that the um, the Foo Fighters and later on the V-1 and V-2 rockets were stuff that they had they were like advanced German aircrafts and weapons and that they were deconstructed from technology that we didn't have available to us at the time. Yeah, correct. Considering, you know, at, during this UFOs may, or UFO, USA is making like nuclear bombs and stuff. Yeah. It's which I'd like to go into some of that if there's a break in the story here for a go second. Go ahead. So, it's pretty like widely accepted in like UFO UAP lore that they really showed up when the Manhattan Project started. And when we started developing the nuclear warheads that we did start developing, that's really where we started seeing them. And we were seeing them a ton around our test sites. And it was very well documented at the time. And obviously there's speculation behind that, right? As to, okay, is this intelligence from other countries? Doesn't seem like it because we've never seen anything like this. And this seems to be incredibly advanced. And we feel like they'd be using this if it was theirs. Yeah. The other thing is, are they watching us? Are the some like non-human intelligence watching us and monitoring us to make sure that we don't destroy the, the planet? You know yeah. what I mean? And there's a lot of speculation to that, especially because I'm telling you, this is a very popular thing in UFO lore. They really didn't show up until that time. Yeah. And it's interesting. So a lot of the reason that the Allied believe that they were German fighters, these Foo Fighters, although was because that a minority of them had inflicted damage to allied aircrafts and not there was nothing reported on the Axis side of this. So there was interesting stuff. There was also a lot of reports of what they were called were like ghost rockets. And they were like rockets or missile-shaped unidentified flying objects that were sighted all the way up until 1946. A lot of them are near the... Um, Northern European countries, like north coast of Germany, Denmark, Sweden, Finland. Um, I mean, in ni- in February 26th, Finnish observers had over 2,000 sightings of these rockets. And it's it's weird. The thing, too, is, is and this is also this, the thing that I feel like we have to take into account, is that 
the Nazis were substantially ahead of everybody else in development of like missile systems, rockets, all of that stuff. Obviously they had the yep. V2 rocket and we, it was, we probably wouldn't have passed them. We probably wouldn't have had we not won the war and brought their top scientist Werner von Braun over to the United States through project paperclip, <clears throat> which he did get us to the moon, right? The Saturn, rocket was his design and all that and he was the head of nasa for a very long time but he was an actual nazi an actual nazi that's kind of like in my opinion the stain on it from my perspective is this guy basically got the easy out because he was able to develop rockets very proficiently so he didn't have to go and deal with the prosecution that other nazis that were caught at his level would have had to deal with he would have probably been put to death yeah no, he, he cut a deal yeah yeah so he got the easy end out. I mean, yes, he did help us develop our rocket program, which is good, I guess. But he's also part of one of the most evil regimes that's ever, you know, been around. So, yeah. So kind of going back to the whole German advanced technology, Dallas was obviously talking about how advanced they were. Keep in mind, which I think is the most weird thing is 15, 20 years earlier, they just got decimated in a world war. Yeah. And now that suddenly they're the leading engineers and have the best technology and they're developing the most advanced missiles and rockets and aircrafts that the world has ever seen. And 20 years ago, their country was burnt to the ground. Even with us having all of our top scientists in the world, and we've always had a lot of the top scientists in the world, even back then, we were struggling to keep up with them. And we're lucky that we developed the nuclear warhead before they did, because that would have absolutely been used against us. It's, It's just... It's it raises a lot of questions of how they got there that fast. That's a fantastic point. And not just that, during these years they're going through one of the most horrible depressions yeah. that you could go through in terms of economic depressions, um, inflation, which is why they came into power or the Nazis came into power to begin with. Mm-hmm. But you're completely correct. It was a, not a good place to live and be and in the meantime, they're developing some of the most innovative technology in the world. Doesn't really check out. No. Um so, after World War II, where do you think this uh, UFO ends up? Well, I can go ahead and say that since we commandeered all their shit, <laughs> <laughs> we went in, we're like, we want that, we want that, we want that, we want that. Precisely what happened. Yeah, that makes sense. I love that for us. So, um, good work, FDR. <laughs> That, yeah, USA took possession of the alleged flying saucer. Is that Operation High Jump? I believe that's Operation I High Jump. I believe it is. Yeah, we went in and we were trying to find like Nazi like uh, UFOs. Yeah, yep. It was uh, secured by the US and UK. UK, UK. Okay. Um, Bring that down a little bit. <laughs> and so, like I said earlier, kind of what brought it to the attention recently was was uh, was Grouch's claims that it's authentic and that it was you know it was one approved proving point for the u.s retrieval program yeah of ufo ufos and it was also a significant inside to what the germans had done deconstructing it hmm. and that's what he said so yeah it's basically said that that this ufo crash that you're talking about um, 
Hitler pretty much demanded that Mussolini give it over to his scientists because they were a lot more advanced yeah. and that they would work with it. And the allegation is that the Nazis were able to develop several different flying saucer type vehicles in a bunch of different designs. The issue that they were having was the actual propulsion aspect of it all. They really couldn't get it very high off the ground. There's a ton of like old, like 1940s, like black and white film of them messing around with these things. And they look like hovercrafts, yeah. to be honest with you. They look like hovercrafts. They don't really look like a typical UFO that you would think of. Yeah. So in there's been a lot of before David Grouch kind of brought this to light and kind of verified it. There was a lot of skepticism towards uh, Penalty and his research just because of, you know, there's not a lot known about it. But um, he, the country of San Marino, which is a tiny nation inside of Italy. Okay. Um, they started a project called Project Titan. And it's a UFO investigation, like type of a uh, organization. Okay. And they appointed him as one of the the heads of it. And he's been meeting with them, um, and they've done a lot of research into that era planes from Italy, um, describing and they have like memos from 1936 of Italian biplanes which are unable to catch like these cylindrical UFOs and they're saying like oh the like there's the transmissions and it's saying their tra- their speeds are over 130 kilometers an hour and that's pretty slow compared to yeah maybe what today's standards yeah yeah um but 19 you know late 1930s i don't know it's pretty damn good yeah, that doesn't sound bad. I don't yeah. know what 140 kilometers is. 80 in. miles an hour, roughly. 80 miles an hour? Yeah. Oh, that's not that fast. No, that's slow. No. Yeah, yeah that's not fine. that good. But it was weird because the thing saying they were unable to catch them when the planes at the time could go well over like 200 kilometers an hour. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and it's saying it's saying these planes, like the Italian planes can go that fast, but they can't catch this who are allegedly going this fast. Like it doesn't make sense. That is weird. That is so, weird. It'll be interesting to see where this goes since they're doing a lot of work and it's backed by a government now. Yeah. It is It is interesting. Um, there's a lot, a lot of crashes in northern Italy, UFO crashes in northern Italy around this time, and it's weird. Hmm. And part of the um, reason that it's kind of getting exposed now is because of these, uh, they're starting to look more into them because Mussolini yeah. had such a, cover it up thing and it's one of those things like like kind of like obviously not to the nazis level but mussolini was obviously a dictator fascist dictator who persecuted his people where people don't really want to talk about it and do have anything to do with it they want to distance themselves from him sure so now we're getting a look at all this stuff because it's coming to light and it's like oh it's it's ufos we're interested yeah and i'm yeah. sure with every other government like whenever something changes like it's like all the whole uh, ussr stuff yeah how that's coming out slowly because now people are starting to pay more attention to it because the government's changed and it's moved on and it's in the past now yeah i I think more stuff will come out of italy that we'll find about that's kind of the stuff that going back to the ussr stuff that's kind of the stuff that george knapp went out to russia to kind of find out and discover yeah i mean um there's there's stories that uh Panati was getting from 
people in the living in the area just like different stories um they have like oh my great great grandfather told about a strange crash in 1933 as well and it was then another one it was a secondhand story and like there's just stories after stories of people seeing this uh it's it's interesting you see what that kind of makes me wonder though it almost does make me wonder if maybe the germans did have something like that right and they did have these crafts but they couldn't necessarily figure out how to like put some payload on it if that makes sense maybe. Or weapons so maybe they just kind of had it and they were testing it out in the area and they're like all right well italy's not like right right here we could probably fly this over there check out their stuff and they're our ally so if anything happens to our craft we can at least get it back and get the wreckage back and kind of you know conceal some of this stuff you know what i mean does that yeah. kind of make sense yeah now one of the more interesting stories I found out about is very short, and there's no evidence of this. It's just a story. My favorite. <laughs> but when I tell you this story, you're going to find think it was interesting as well. Okay. Now, this story has been passed down from 1950. Okay? Um, and he, the person, his name is Marco, lived in a area of Lombardy residence. I couldn't tell you where that would be in Italy, but apparently it's somewhere between a city called Virgiante and Magenta. So somewhere okay. up there still. I he do said, like it. It's in Lombardy. Yeah. I like Lombardy. Okay. So he said um, that a craft was found and in the village, they all went out to the craft and inside it, they found two bodies. The bodies they described had blonde hair. They were child-sized, but a pro like maybe like 5'9", but quite skinny, with blonde light hair and light eyes, like white eyes. Okay. This is now, weird. this is around the time just after World War II. What do you know about aliens that are blonde-haired and light eyes, Dallas? Blonde-haired and light eyes? Aliens. There's a whole genre of aliens oh. that are called that are dubbed the Nazis. Yeah, they are. They're, um, they're called. Um, is it tall whites? Basically, yeah, yeah, they're called tall whites. There's a whole thing, and one of the most famous UFO cases is from England, and we're gonna do an episode on it. It's really famous, but someone claims they saw a UFO and two creatures standing, looking back at them, who were blonde light like white eyes and they were childlike now a lot of this came after world war ii yeah and there's a lot of speculation on it but when it's it's a weird thing you see in ufo cases because i th i want to say there's there's like two there's a few big like you know obviously grays hold on i want to go back right now to our species episode that we did yeah our species episode, we actually specifically mentioned these yeah. as being a species that we see a lot. Yeah. They were the tall whites, yep. or they're also called the Nordic. The, the Nordics. Nordics. That's all, yeah. yeah. So this is a very famous um, species to be cited, to be fair. It's very, it's one of the common ones. Yes, it is. And yeah. that's why I just thought it when I, when I read that, that they recovered two bodies that, that like that. That is weird. That is That's weird. weird. That now, adds some depth, I'll say that. There's nothing... The U.S. didn't say they recovered any bodies. They didn't say they also 
they didn't recover anything from this area. So I don't know if they were recovered or if they were shipped off to Nazi or well, this is after the World War Two. So I don't I don't know, but that was a story that was from the area, which I thought was interesting just because of that aspect. Yeah, no, that is interesting. Wow, wow, that's weird. That's weird. so. Like I said, it's not your normal UFO case because that's kind of it was mostly as, as government documents getting unredacted and getting discovered. Um, what are your What are your thoughts? Ooh, so there we know there was a lot of weird UFO stuff going on during this time. This region checks out for where it's at. I think maybe. I also think that there's a high probability that maybe the Germans had things of this nature, but they couldn't figure out how to use it in a weapons application. Okay. So that's kind of why we never ran into it, but we do... We do know of the Foo Fighters being out there. We know that. We know that a lot of pilots saw a lot of weird stuff. We know that our nuclear test sites were getting visited daily. It's it's I think all too weird. For what we have confirmed, we have the US saying they did retrieve a craft from this area. Yes. We have Mussolini sending out things people shall not talk about any unknown crafts crashes here or you'll be imprisoned and arrested and all that stuff. We have documents of German scientists coming to Italy for unknown reasons. At the same time, we have sketches from the government of weird things like, yeah, it feels like we have the edges of the puzzle piece and we're missing the middle. That is that's a, good a way perfect way to put it. Where where are you at, Eric? What are where yeah. are you at? Um I you know, based off of a lot of the military information, I yeah. like I like that it's there and it's documented. Yeah. Um I don't like that we can't see it. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's how it is. Yeah, that's why they call us investigators, right? Well, I I don't know. I'm interested in, in I wish I'm interested in knowing more. Yeah, you know? oh, I am um, as well. But I do think it's interesting because there's a lot of correlations between everything that was going on during the war. It's kind of one of those things where you can look back and be like, oh, well, if that really, if that did happen, yeah. then that would explain this. And, yeah, and I think exactly. one, of the, one of the biggest ones of, of that is that Germany was exploding with technology at the time. Yeah. yeah. So um, I like it though. Honestly, that one's like, it's, it's very interesting. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of angles. I'm really hoping in the next few years that there's more, more stuff comes out about this just because of, how I mean, obviously, this this guy Pinotti's been working on this for for years, and during the um, the Senate hearing for with uh, about all the UFO stuff, Grouch Grouch brought it up, and it kind of gave it a lot more credibility. Yeah. Where he's confirming this stuff, saying, "Yep, we we did that. We have this. We did this," and I think people are interested, and I think more of it will come to light soon. It's, I mean, I know it's another country. He has so Grush though does have info on this that he simply just he can't divulge yet. Yeah, but he has the info on it. He has a lot of the um, knowledge of what did occur. Yeah, and at least he recently went on a side. podcast and said that he actually said that he can't really talk in detail about this because it's one of the things that has not been cleared yet. Everything that he's talked about, he's had to have cleared. 
yeah. by, I don't know if it's the U.S. Attorney General's office. I don't remember who. Someone. But one of the one of the offices has to clear everything that he talks about. So he's not really being a loose cannon. Like, you know, maybe the government would want to try and make him out to look like, and that's kind of what they have tried. And it's kind of like, he he's on that fringe, I would say. Well, he wants disclosure, but he understands he that there's a certain level of things that shouldn't be brought out, but there is a lot of things that should be, but he's going to do it safely. Yeah, there's a tactful way of going about it. And that's kind of what he's I, been doing. I think he's afraid of becoming kind of like a Bob Lazar person. Right. Well, he, he's he af- passed Bob Lazar. <laughs> yeah, I think he has, but I, I think he's afraid of kind of that treatment that the government and people have given him where people are like, discredit they're trying to discredit him now and they're like oh you haven't done this like and i i think his biggest thing is his credibility here here's a problem too for him compared to bob lazar bob lazar was in on this program that was extremely compartmentalized yeah he only knew of the small info that they gave him a lot of the info that they gave him was bullshit in case he tried to go out it was stuff that they could easily prove that he was lying about yeah David Grush's job was basically to go above that, to decompartmentalize it, which is why he has a lot more knowledge of a lot other crazier things. things. But a lot of people do say that they, with him, like they do with everybody, gave him a bunch of bullshit info too. So it sounds outlandish. And some of the things that he is saying that he might truly believe is correct is wrong. Yeah. And it's highly possible. I mean, it makes sense. Why would the government not do that? Like, that I, I makes sense to me. Yeah. Over the years, as more and more comes out, I think it will be interesting to see if they were bullshit or if it was all true. If everything Bob Lazar and everything David Grouch is saying is 100% true. I feel like everything Bob Lazar is saying in terms of what he did with, like, you know, the crafts that he was working on yeah. is legit. He really hasn't came out and said much other than the crafts and, you know, some of the technology that they use for security. Yeah. Bob Lazar has been very, like, very, like, realistic, in my opinion. And I don't really feel like he's given out the bullshit info that they gave him to try and throw him off. I think he saw through that because he's incredibly intelligent. I'm not saying Grush isn't either. I think Grush just saw so many crazy things that he just doesn't know. He doesn't know what is real. And to him, any of this could be real now. Do you think on the flip side, then, looking kind of further back, that anything, any scientists from these other countries that could have worked on them ever came out about it like do you think we'll ever find a nazi scientist no. german journal they, 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 they would kill them yeah they would have no they killed them. them yeah but i'm saying like they have a journal where they handed it down to their kid uh, their grandkid or well if you're do, listening do you think, well, to this do you please ever, uh, do you, come forward do you think we'll yeah. ever see anything like that from any sort of other like because i'm sure they if the if the germans didn't kill their own scientists and we couldn't use America couldn't use any value. We probably killed them as well. Well, we brought a lot of their scientists over, and we got a lot of value out of them. So we probably did get a lot of that. Is my guess? What made them hush hush? Yeah, I I would bet. I, I mean, I, their yeah. top scientist became our guy that led NASA. I mean, he's the guy that developed the Saturn rocket. Hey, we won't kill you, but you can't say anything about the UFOs you were working on. Uh, I mean, honestly, they <laughs> okay, probably yeah, did no. have some advanced stuff that we couldn't even really fathom at the time, and a lot of that stuff is probably what okay, you know helped Raytheon and Lockheed start developing a lot of this stuff. So. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Any, any No, that was that Eric, was it. Wanted any closing comments? Take? I liked it. I liked this one a lot. When you 
told me that you were going to be covering this, I was super excited because yeah. I think it's it's interesting because it's not just paranormal, but it's also historical. I like it. And there are a lot of historical factors to it. So great job. That was Thank you. a really nice one. I liked that one. Thank you. I hope you guys liked it as well. We appreciate you guys tuning in every yeah. week, listening to the pod. Stay safe in the rain. Stay even safe. Though afterwards, yep. it'll be done when you hear this. But have a good day. Yep. Everyone have a good day. Give us a like, rating, review, whatever you want. Bye. Bye. Bye.